Indeed, there is no greater joy, Lord, than being with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in the This day that this verse is talking about. In Psalm 118, the author is writing about incredible adversity. If you're facing bad situations, can you still say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. So, you know, true joy is never dependent on circumstances. Right now, after the pandemic, a lot of us are facing tough situations, but can we still trust the Lord? And the most important thing is, he has given us breath for today to praise him. So let's all rise right now and let's sing this song together. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's all put our hands together.
on praising God, let's learn a new song. It's not that hard. These are the names of God. This is our topic for the next three months. Let's learn this together. God this morning. Let us reflect on how he has been the banner in our everyday lives. 
may it be in our physical battles, emotional battles, or spiritual battles. Yet in the midst of all these, we know that God raises a banner over you to remind you that His presence is with you. We can have hope because He is fighting for you and with you. And we can overcome our battles because He is victorious. You are always fighting for us, heaven's angels all around. My delight is found in knowing that you wear the victor's crown. You're my help and my defender. You're my savior and my friend. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. Of your greatness, in your name I will bow down. In your presence, fear is silent, for you wear the victor's crown. Let your glory fill this temple, let your power overflow. By your grace, I live and breathe to
come before the Lord in prayer? Because Jesus, you are victorious, then we today are victorious. Jesus, you are enthroned in the heavenly places, and by faith, we are seated together with you, seated far above every principality, every power, every dominion, every might, seated above every spiritual being in heaven or on earth. So today, may we live in light of your victory. What high thing could hinder us? What stronghold could stop us? What fear could paralyze us? What bondage could hold us? What attack could contain us when you are fighting for us, when you are interceding for us? As we come before you this morning, we declare by faith that every high thing must come down. Our problem is a high thing, and it has to come down. Our sickness is a high thing, and it must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. Every addiction, every habitual sin, every sphere of fear, every area of uncertainty, every anxiety, every form of depression and bondage. The Christian life is not easy. But Jesus, you have won the victory for us. The Bible tells us that we are in a spiritual warfare. Every believer is in a battle. Every day we face temptations. We face trials. Every day we have problems, worries, and fears. I don't know what my brothers and sisters are facing right now. What they are struggling with. But I believe one thing. That we will overcome because Jesus, you have overcome. At the cross, the work was finished. You were buried. But even death and grave could not contain you. For you wear the victor's crown. This is the day of victory over sin, over temptation, over fear, over addictions. This is the day of victory over darkness. This is the day of deliverance, day of freedom and breakthroughs. This is the day of healing and redemption. This week, no matter what we will face, it will be a week of victory because we claim this in your name. For there is salvation in your name. There is power in your name. There is healing in your name. There is victory in your name. So whatever our situation is, in life right now. You come to where we are with a name that we need for that moment. Be it shepherd when we need caring. Be it Messiah when we need saving. Be it mighty warrior when we need defending. Be it high tower when we need refuge. Be it friend of sinners when we need someone to talk to when we fail. The only logical response to your names is worship. The only proper response in the face of victory is worship. Everywhere in the Bible, whenever there is victory, there is worship. So we commit the whole service into your hands. But we commit not just this morning. May our victory compel us to also share this victory with others. Jesus, may you receive all the glory this morning. Speak through your servants to minister to your people. This is our prayer, the name of our precious Savior and Lord, the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say, 
Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
Thank you to our choir and to our worship team. Can we, and our praise man, of course, can we give them an a, a appreciation, a round of applause? Okay, I noticed something earlier that, uh, except from Brother Philip here, uh, there's no one here at the front pews. Okay? I don't know the reason. Maybe you're afraid of us or or maybe someone has bad breath or that's why you don't want to be in front. I don't know. Okay. I have a simple exercise to begin our morning. Can I request everyone to please raise your hands, both hands? Parang na hold up, okay? Raise both hands. Including the choir, raise your hands. Okay. Maintain that position, okay, until the end of my message. Uh, keep holding. Okay, don't put them down. Don't put them down. Keep holding them so that you won't sleep or use your cell phones. Okay, just kidding. Uh, you can put them down. How long can you do that? How long? Five minutes? Ten minutes? อาศัยจับบุญเจียงจับบุญเจียงแล้วเอดีหยาก้องจับบุญเจียงโอเคกูลังไอปีจับบุญเจียงเขาว่ากูบ่เอดีหยากูลังไอปีเอดีหยาไ
咱要继续这个系列，讲到上帝的名，是耶稣向咱启示的名，为着要让咱较明白伊的性格甲伊的属性。Pastor Danny talked about Jehovah Mkadesh last week. What's the meaning? The God who is? Walana, one week palang. <laughs> the God who is? Holy. holy. The God who is holy. Nako. Two Sundays ago, Reverend Eugene shared on the name Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Two Sundays ago, Reverend Eugene shared on the name Jehovah Rapha, And today we'll look at another name of God, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. We are first introduced to this name in Exodus chapter 17. Let me read to you, starting with verse 8. Let me read to you, starting with verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, "Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands." So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but Whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword, and then Moses built an altar and called it. The Lord is my banner, or in Hebrew, Jehovah Nisi. Okay, so that's where we get that name. Now, let me give you the context in which that name was revealed. It's in the context of a war or a battle. Then I see this name, its Hebrew background. Ah, this this name is during the battlefield. God has just brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and He was bringing them now to the Promised Land. From this, do I just bring Israel's people out of Egypt in the wilderness of life? Now I'm bringing them to the Promised Land. Only just after days of traveling in the desert, the Israelites started to complain as they faced three different tests. First. The test of bitter water at Mara. Second, the test of no food at the wilderness of Sin. And third, no water at Rephidim. In Then, after God miraculously provided them with water 
from the rock at Meribah, the Israelites would now face another test, this time in the form of a war. They were attacked by the Amalekites. Who are the Amalekites? The Amalekites, okay, Amalek, Amalek is the grandson of Esau. So the Amalekites are the descendants of Esau. While the Israelites are the descendants of Jacob. Esau and Jacob are twin brothers and they are always fighting each other. Now you understand why these two people groups don't get along. And the, and the Amalekites have always been a thorn on the side of Israel. They are bitter enemies, though they are distant cousins. Esau you have to remember that this was the very first battle that the Israelites would face after coming out of Egypt, the, their first battle. Before this incident, the Israelites have never seen a war. They have never experienced a war. They have never fought in any war. They were a slave people for 400 years and they have never been trained in any form of war because that's the last thing you want to teach a bunch of slaves to fight else they would rebel against you. So, they are totally unprepared, completely caught off guard by this war. They did not have any form of military organization, no army, no generals, just a ragtag group of soldiers of slaves with hardly any weapon and very little fighting spirit. On the other hand, on the other side, you have the Amalekites. The Amalekites were mighty, fierce Bedouin warriors who were experienced and organized fighters and quite familiar with desert warfare. You have to remember that the Israelites were tired and weary from walking in the wilderness for weeks. They were traveling with women, with children, with pregnant mothers, with the elderly, and even the sick. 
，你就明白一些的人长期的空压的走路，身体真正压线，佮杂佮夹在妇女、人啊、大神的、老人的、患病的啊，做起的走路。And when you are walking together as a group, the tendency is for the weak and the sick to be left behind at the back. 你那一挂的行的时，你个个啊，较想你，怀较年年长的，较年老的，啊是怀较软弱的，会放在后面。Now the Amalekites' strategy in war is not to attack their enemies head on. They, what they do is that they would attack their enemies from the rear at the back, where those who are weakest are. 阿玛利亚人诶，策略唔是安尼正面冲突，伊乃是对后边呢攻击啊一些的人，因为怎样底下是怀最软弱的人。This was recorded in Deuteronomy. It says, "Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God." 啊，新民记二十五章十七十八讲说，你着纪念恁出埃及的时候，阿玛利亚人伫路上怎样款待恁？因伫路上途经恁，趁你亚先疲乏啊，击杀你啊，前后边软弱的人，并无敬畏上帝。So they would cut off, they will kill those who are the weakest, the weakest part of the group。也跟前途的攻击。Now remember, this story in the Bible, the Bible of the battle between the Israelites and the Amalekites. This is a physical battle, but it points, it represents a spiritual battle, the spiritual battle that we are in right now. You know, 怎样？这个是一场肉体的征战，总是以代表一款属灵的征战。And always, when you see the word Amalekites in the Bible, they would represent sin. Amalek symbolizes a life that is lived according to the flesh. Remember Esau. The grandfather, he would exchange his spiritual blessings for for physical food because of his worldliness. His flesh. Sin often attacks us where we are weakest and when we are weakest. That's the enemy's strategy. 就啊，最常常是伫咱最软弱的时阵，针对咱的弱点去攻击人，这个就是敌人的策略。That's why God commanded King Saul to destroy all the Amalekites, not to allow any sin to have any foothold in your life. 所以啊，上帝底下命令所罗王呢，就去啊灭尽阿玛利亚人，唔准做伫因的生命内面。King Saul did not completely obey God. He allowed some of these Amalekites to live, and later on, he himself was killed by an Amalekite. Saul 无完全的顺服上帝
And that's what sin does. When we don't totally eliminate sin in our lives, one day sin will come back to get us. And that's what happened to the Israelites. When they did not completely wipe out the Amalekites, Amalek's descendant, Haman, remember Haman? He almost exterminated the entire Jewish nation during the time of Queen Esther. The battle of the Israelites against the Amalekites symbolizes our battle against sin, against the flesh, and against our enemy. Dear friends, who or what are you battling or fighting today? Who or what is the Amalek in your life? Maybe it's a battle with lust. Maybe it's a struggle with fear or anxiety. Maybe it's a battle with addiction or with depression or a battle with pornography. How do we win these battles? The answer can be found in Exodus 17 in the name Jehovah Nisi. Let's go back to Exodus 17. This is probably the battle site at Rephidim. Moses told Joshua to go down the valley and lead the Israelites in fighting the Amalekites. While he himself, he went up to the top of the hill, you can imagine, the top of the hill, with the staff of God in his hand. First and foremost, Moses acknowledged that there is a battle to be fought and that they would have to face this battle even though the people are tired and poorly equipped. And that's also the first step when we battle against sin and against all these other things. We have to acknowledge that we are in a battle. Notice Moses did two things. First, he commissioned Joshua and his men to go fight the physical battle at the valley. While 
Well, he himself he went up the mountain to do what? To pray. There are many records of the past in the catacombs of Rome where they would find images of people with their hands lifted up. And that's how they prayed in ancient times. Moses was not holding his hands up for no reason at all. He was lifting his hands to pray. So see, Moses took care of the spiritual side of the battle up in the mountain, while while uh, Joshua would take care of the physical battle down in the valley. Many times we forget that there are two sides to our battles, the unseen and the seen, the natural and the supernatural. Only when we bring the two together can we experience victory. So as long as Moses held his staff up to God, the Israelites were victorious. But as the day wore on, the sun became hot. Moses grew tired. He was not a young man anymore, so he lowered his arms. And immediately, the Israelites, the Amalekites would rally, and the tide would turn, and they would now win. But notice, the battle was not decided by those who are fighting physically down in the valley. Rather, the key to winning was in Moses' posture with the staff of God. Could he keep it raised or could he lower it? Was he praying or was he not praying? How the armies fared in the valley below is not dependent on their skills in battle, in their strategies, or in their weapons. Instead, it was determined by what Moses did on top of the hill. So when Moses was praying and dependent upon God, the Israelites were victorious. If not, they were losing. But how long can Moses keep his hands raised? Human strength has its own limitations. That's why Moses Moses' two companions, his brother Aaron and her, her is actually a he. 
Her is Caleb's son, who some people believe was Moses' brother-in-law. He was Miriam's husband. So Moses the two realized that Moses was growing tired, so they stepped by Moses' side, put a, a stone, a boulder for him to sit, and each helped raise one side of his arm but, and raise them over the battle below. As they did this, the Israelite fighters rallied behind Joshua and they finally obtained victory. After that, Moses then built an altar and named it Jehovah Nisi, often translated in English as the Lord my banner. But the Hebrew word for Nisi is actually not the banner that we think of today. It actually means to glisten. Okay? To glisten, to shine, or to be raised. Today, when we think of a banner, we think of an image of a flag of some sort. However, the banner during Moses' time was more like a bear staff like this, a bear staff, but they would put a shiny metal, a shiny thing on top attached to here and it would catch the sun's rays and glisten in the sun. So when Moses raised his staff, he was essentially lifting the banner. Now, in order to understand the name Jehovah Nisi, we must understand that when we are fighting a battle, what's the purpose of a banner? What's the purpose of a banner? Okay, so this, it would look something like this. A, met, a pole, then it has a metal object, okay, on top. So when you raise it up, it would glisten in the sun. So what's the purpose of a banner? First, banners serve as beacons, so they should be visible. Uh, the whole point of a banner is to be seen from a far distance. That's why they should be lifted high. 
啊，整个的用意就是说，对前方的所在有法能看得见，所以需要就夹紧关起来。Before the invention of GPS and communication devices, during the ancient times in their wars, Uh, they would use banners. Okay, today it's very easy to gather soldiers using GPS or communication devices. But back then, they don't have those things, so they use banners. 第一个时阵，这个 GPS 和全球定位的系统，啊是其他交通的工具，也未发明以前，军队那边集合呢，因需要就用战机。And knowing where your banner is is very important. Because in the fog of war, in all the dust and the smoke and the sand, you cannot see what's in front of you. It's easy to get lost. The soldiers, they are easy to get lost. So the soldiers at the back cannot see what's happening in front, so they would look to the banner because this banner serves as a beacon to let them know where the battle lines were, where the front line is, and where the enemy line begins, and where safety could be found. Why the 后边的兵看不到头前的物件，所以就需要。啊！勇猛这个证据，因为这个证据正做一个信票，让人知影战线在倒落，战线在倒落，后线在倒落，敌人的线在倒落，啊，安全的地区在倒落。Dear friends, do you need to see those lines today? Do you need to see where the line of the attack of the enemy is, where you could stay safe behind the lines? 因为你今仔日需要知影前线后线，敌人伫倒落要攻击你，你就去什么所在，才啊感觉安全。Look, look to your Jehovah Nisi. He is in the front line, fighting the battle for you. That's why we say the Lord goes before us, because our Nisi goes in front of us. So stay behind. His banner. So, 朋友，你都需要仰望耶和华，伊伫前线为咱征战，伊要徛伫，咱需要就徛伫伊征战嘅后面。Second, banners give direction. 第二，征战供应咱方向。Wherever the banner would go, that's where the entire army would go. 征战去到咯，军队就去到咯。The Romans would have a pole with an eagle above. That was their banner, and wherever the eagle would go, the entire regiment would go. Roman 人因为鸡是有一只老鹰哦，所以因当因为鸡啊被鼓起的时候，将鸡的倒落，因为军队就得得。When the when the banner moved forward, the entire army would advance. When the but when the banner moved backwards, the soldiers would now retreat. When the banners would stop, they would start fighting their enemy. 当征集前进的时候，军队就退一去；当因往后退的时候，因就往后退；当征集停下来的时候，因就开始作战。How about you? Have you lost your direction today in fighting your battles? 朋友，你是不是今仔日在交战，已经失去方向？ 
Look to your Jehovah Nisi for a renewed sense of direction. Third banner serve as rallying points. It gives them the motivation to achieve victory. The soldiers would look to their banner and rally behind it. In ancient warfare, each legion of soldiers would carry a banner of their legion. Then there's another huge banner that would, re- that would represent the entire army or the entire country. And the, every soldier would rally behind that huge banner. So the banner unifies all the soldiers with a common motivation, with a common goal. So the soldiers would guard their banner. They would save their banner no matter what. If a soldier holding the banner was taken out and he would drop the banner, somebody else would drop their weapon and pick up the banner. Because if the banner was captured by the enemy, then the battle was essentially over. It was that important. That's why you got to do everything you can to protect that banner. Dear friends, have you lost your rallying point today with God? The motivation that keeps you going, fighting your battles. Look to your Jehovah Nisi and rally behind him. Fourth, battles announce a victory already won. When planted on a hill, it is a sign that the army of that banner was victorious. In the same way, our banner, Jehovah Nisi, has already declared that God is victorious because of what Jesus did at the cross. Lastly, banners point people to what they represent. This is a massive 640-acre temple of Karnak, the temple of Karnak in Egypt. Now, what I want you to observe is that on the front wall, there are trenches that are cut vertically on the wall. 
And you see them, the trenches. Uh, and you what are these trenches for? See, what are these trenches for? These trenches are used to hold that a tall pole wherein the banners would be attached on top. So here are artists' rendition of those poles holding the banner. And notice the trenches and the poles were designed such that when the wind blows, the banner would blow inward because the purpose of the banner it's not for you to notice the banner itself. They want you to notice past the banner to the Egyptian gods who supposedly live inside the temple. So banners take you past what it is to point you towards what it represents. So, so if you are marching behind a banner, you are not rallying behind the banner itself, but what it represents. Okay, if I'm raising up the banner of a green archer, okay, walang ko kontra. Uh, I'm rallying behind what? Lasal. Lasal, what it represents. Okay, so the banner is a tangible manifestation of what it represents. Now, there's nothing magical or special about Moses' staff in and of itself, but it is pointing to something more important, the God who is working miracles behind that staff. So, in the same way, the cross that is lifted up on a pole, it points us to Christ. It is not the cross in and of itself that is most important, but what it represents. Now that we know the purposes of banners in the battlefield, Next question is, how do we face and win our battles in life with our Jehovah Nisi? Four principles, very quick. One, banners come 
when we are most comfortable in life. The Israelites had just been provided with food and water in the desert, and they were now safely encamped around Rephidim. At that time, they had everything they needed and were secure in their position. And that's when Amalek would now ambush them. It was a surprise attack. In the same way, Satan loves to attack us when we are most comfortable, when our family and our businesses are all doing well, when we are not in prayer, not going to church, and not meeting in fellowship with others. When we are most vulnerable, when we are at our weakest, the enemy may just be around the corner. That's why we should keep watch and stay alert, especially when everything seems going well. We must be aware that we are always fighting a battle. We are fighting the ways of the flesh against the ways of the Lord. We are fighting sin and evil and temptation. So we should always be prepared for any battle. Second principle, battles are fought with the help of true friends. Sometimes in life we get tired, physically, spiritually. That's the reason why God put you in a body like Enmec, and so that you can get connected with an Aaron or a Her. My question to you is, do you have Aaron's and hers in your life? When you are going through a battle, do you surround yourself with people who can keep you accountable, who can encourage you during difficult times? Do you have spiritual friends who can come along to hold and raise your arms when you are weary and about to quit? In the same way, are you an Aaron or her in someone else's life? When you notice your friends are struggling, do you come alongside them and hold up their arms through the battle? Always remember this. You never win battles isolated or alone. You need a support system. Always 
And here we see the power of teamwork. Joshua fought. Mark, um, Moses prayed. Aaron and her supported his arms. So everyone has a different role. But everyone was essential for the victory. If there were no Aaron or her, the banner would have dropped and everyone in the Israelite camp would have lost. Sin and evil would have won. So don't get into any battles without someone praying, interceding for you. Because battles are fought with the help of true friends. That's our second principle. Third principle, battles are won when we lift up Jesus. It's not what you are doing that will determine the outcome. It is what God is doing. Battles are never won unless heaven is involved. And when you lift up Jesus, you always win. Under the banner of God, victory is always assured. So you cannot do battle against the flesh or against sin with your own power. In our life's battles, the spiritual part is often the most important part. When God's people unite and pray, okay, here we see the power of intercessory prayer. When God's people unite and pray, God's kingdom would advance. But when they neglect to pray, God's kingdom would not move forward. Someone once said, prayer is the most powerful weapon of any believer. Most battles are won in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm, than in the natural or physical realm. Dear friends, have you been praying over your battles? Yes, we are in a battle, but we win. The battle has already been won. By whom? By Jesus Christ. When? At the cross. John chapter 3 tells us, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness 
And the word lifted up there is the word nisi. Okay? Just as Moses lifted up the snake, so the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, must be lifted up. Same word, nisi, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. The next verse after that is The next verse after that is The only verse that all of you memorized. John 3:16 For God so loved the world. John 12 verse 32 Jesus himself said, "And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, that's at the cross, and the lifted up here is the same word, nisi, will draw all people to myself." So Jesus Christ became our Jehovah Nisi, our banner, when he was lifted up on the cross. So Christ is now our banner that when we are fighting our battles in life, problems, temptations, we can look to him. So Remember in Hebrew Nisi means in Hebrew Nisi means to glisten, right? To shine. Just as the physical banner glistens in the sun, Jesus, our spiritual banner, shines as a glistening sun. S O N. So do you know how Jehovah Nisi was translated in the Greek translation of the Bible? It's actually the word Refuge, the Lord my refuge. Why? Because when you see that banner, when you look to Jesus, He becomes your refuge because you can now rest in His victory. So when the enemy attacks you, you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. And because Jehovah, Jesus Christ is your Jehovah Nisi, you can now live a victorious Christian life. Because he has already won that victory for you. The battle has already been won and all you have to do is simply to lift up Jesus and you will have the victory. So rest in that victory. So 
Can you say that to the person next to you? The victory is already yours. Dear friends, has Jesus become your Jehovah Nisi? Is he your banner that you rally to when you are fighting against sin in your life? Yes, he is lifted up at the cross as a sacrifice for sin, but you must respond by faith, just like the Israelites did when they looked at the banner with a snake. But wait, the story of Exodus 17 should have ended with the Israelite victory over the Amalekites, but it did not. The author adds another verse in verse 14. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll or something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. This is the first time in the whole Bible that someone is commanded to write down something. So this must be very important. So this leads to our last principle. Final victory in battle is only ensured by a complete victory. So God did not want the Israelites to be satisfied with a half victory. You don't fight cancer with a halfway cure and leave some cancer cells behind. You don't fight sin by leaving some of those sins behind. As half victory simply means that there will be another battle to fight someday. Just like a recurrent cancer comes back with greater vengeance, so does a recurrent sin hit back with greater intensity. So God instructed Moses and even to tell Joshua. Joshua was probably celebrating already at that time he t- that he will block out the memory of Amalek from under heaven completely. So and indeed, it came true. 
We don't hear of any more Amalekites after the time of Queen Esther. Maybe God has fulfilled His promise to physically blot out all the Amalekites from the face of the earth. So, but our battle with our spiritual Amalek continues today. So long as you live in your flesh, so long as we are in this sinful world, we will continue to have battles with our spiritual Amaleks. But God has promised us in that verse that one day He will completely blot out even our spiritual Amaleks. When will that be? When he comes back and we are given a glorified body. At that time, even the presence of sin will be no more. Dear friends, I don't know what you are currently fighting or struggling with. But God knows. He wants to be your Nisi. He wants to fight for you. But there's one thing. You have to look to Him. You have to look at the banner. Even if you are doing everything you are supposed to do, even if you are trying hard to be good, all your own good efforts will result in nothing if you don't look to Christ, your Nisi. So do you look to Jesus and leave him up over your finances? Do you leave him up over your relationships? Do you leave him up over your family, over your health? Do you lift up Jesus in what you watch? Do you lift up Jesus in what you post or in what you say or do? Right now, I want to ask you to do something. If you are fighting a battle in your life right now, can I ask you to please raise both of your hands to God in prayer? Remember, as you are raising your hands, you are lifting your nisi, your banner. You are lifting Jesus Christ. And every time you lift up Jesus, you win 
Guaranteed. Can you raise your hands? Those who are fighting, maybe a sin, anger, you're fighting lust, you're fighting a temptation, you're fighting anxiety, worries in your life. Now, if you are not raising your hand, you are, and you are around someone who is raising their hands, maybe you can put your hand around their shoulder or you can support their arms if they are not offended by it to signify that you are one with them in prayer. Then can we say to them, the Lord is your banner. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is your banner. Okay, let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our banner, the banner that has been lifted up at the cross so that today we can experience victory because you have already won and we are fighting with victory, from victory and not for victory. So Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters here. Whatever they are struggling with right now, whatever they are facing, Lord, as they raise their hands to you, you see them and we know that they are looking up to you as their banner right now. So may you help them. May you help them overcome whatever it is that they are facing, that they are struggling with. Lord, you are our banner. And because you are our banner, we today can claim the victory. In Jesus' name we pray, our Jehovah Nisi. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Right now we'll have our communion. Uh, As we contemplate the name Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, we are actually being invited to contemplate on the cross of Christ. As the Lord our banner was lifted high on a mountain by Moses, giving victory to the Israel over the Amalekites. So Jesus was lifted high on a lonely mountain top on Calvary, promising victory over sin, over death, and over Satan. As we partake of the bread and the cup, we are commemorating this victory, and we are reminding each other that today we are fighting every battle in our life from victory because Christ has already won at the cross. Yes, there will still be opposition from our spiritual Amaleks, but God promised us that we are going to triumph in the end. Yes, you may feel defeated right now against your addiction, against that habitual sin, against that fear or anxiety, but we know the end of the story, that no matter what we are going through right now, in the end, we win under the Lord's banner. Because God said in Exodus 17, He will completely blot out all our spiritual amaleks, all sin, all the presence of sin will be no more. The communion helps us 
to anticipate and to look forward to that day when there will be no more sin. But we have a responsibility. Our challenge today is to keep lifting up Jesus high so that other people may see and may be drawn to him, that they too may rally behind the banner of Christ. God's names say it all. Every situation you are facing right now, God has a name to meet you where you are. Medicine, friend, father, he is the final word. So trust his timing. As we listen to the response song, let us reflect on the victory that have been won through our banner, Jesus Christ. As a communion is a remembrance of what Christ has done on the cross, we ask that those who do not share in this belief to please refrain from receiving communion. But please take this time to reflect and to be reconciled with God. Second, communion is to be taken in a worthy manner. So I ask that you examine your heart and your relationships before God. Let us take the communion in a proper spirit. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we praise you for the name Jehovah Nisi. May you indeed be the banner lifted high in our lives. May you sanctify this moment for your glory. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Shoulder.
Let's just continue to quiet our hearts before God. Live up to Him, whatever you are struggling with right now, because He understands you. And claim the promise that He will help you to victory, because He is your Jehovah Nisi. Chantaki 耶稣提起杯来讲这个杯是用来血所得的信约您每一摆点的时候叫你走你就是纪念我等恭敬三十年修纪念主我们在天里边我们也做圣你的国工程你的旨意在这里在地上亲像在天上所以在地上的美女在地上的地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在地上在
Love in Action 2022 Fund Drive was relaunched in November by the Life Development Team after a two-year hiatus. And what an overwhelming response from the church it was. We have prayerfully asked the Lord to provide 500,000 pesos so we can continue helping children who are ill and support children-related missionary organizations. This was actually a long shot for us already, given the country's economic situation after the pandemic. But the Lord proved that He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever ask or think of. The actual total amount we have received is an overwhelming 897,867 pesos and 85 centavos. Amazing, right? Because of this, more children will receive proper hospital care and treatment. More missionaries will be empowered and more people will get to know Jesus Christ through your love in action. Thank you, Church. You have put a huge smile in our Savior's face. God bless you all. continue to give you an opportunity to thank the Lord for His countless blessings, we will be receiving your offering up till the last Sunday of March. You may drop this at the offering boxes placed outside our worship hall after the service. Please use the envelope marked New Year Thanksgiving Offering for this. So far, we have received 73% of our goal for this year as of last Sunday. Next, after the successful resumption of our face-to-face fellowship last January, our next BISPRO event will be held this March 28th at the second floor fellowship hall. Our guest speaker will be Mr. Niels Patrick Riconalia, President and CEO of Fellowship of Christians in Government. He will speak on the topic, Power and Authority, God, Government, or People. You may invite your family members, relatives, and friends to join. If you want to be part of a small group or a discipleship group, kindly contact any of our pastoral team members, and we'll be glad to connect you to a group. If you need prayers, please stay behind. There will be pastors who will be praying for you. Good news, starting today, the wearing of masks will be optional here inside the sanctuary. Right now, we'd like to welcome uh, some friends uh, who have been uh, away for a long time. We welcome back uh, Brother Edison and Sister Elizabeth Iroso. Welcome back. It's glad to have you again. Are there any other first-time visitors in our midst? Please rise to be recognized. If there are, please join us for a cup of coffee at the second, at the lobby, third floor lobby after the worship. Uh, please rise for the benediction.
May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you and may He be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Wan Zui Aso Kito Kay Unhui Xiong Te Tiang Tam Xiong Te Kam Tong Kap Dan Jing Dang Sa Kap Di De Tui Na Tit Kao Zu Ko Lai. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us, both on site and online. May the Lord bless your week. Remember, the best is yet to come. See you next week.